everyone, I'm Emma, a certified dog trainer. And I'm Kirsten, a certified dog behavior consultant. And this is Dog Chats. Join us as we chat about dog behavior, having fun with your dogs, and building relationships. We will offer practical advice and a bit of humor. Hi everyone, welcome to episode four. Uh, This episode is about games that enrich your dog's life. It's a topic that we absolutely love and the way we think about training as well. So let's get right into it. Enrichment is, is a big part of what we do for our dogs. So let's talk about that first and what it is. So what is enrichment? Yeah, so we ended the camping podcast talking about how the camping experience, being out in nature, and all that sensory stimulation is so enriching for both humans mm-hmm. and their dogs. And we need to make sure we offer our dogs that sensory stimulation, the foraging, the mental and physical exercise, social companionship. That's enrichment. It's not about just eating out of a Kong. It's about looking at all sides of their brain and meeting their needs. And the big thing to think about, too, is what kind of uh, what kind of dog you have. And you might have a mix, and you may not know what breed they have, but if you do know the breed or, or poss- the possible mixes, it's kind of nice to look at those breeds and see what they were created to do originally. And talk to us a little bit about that, about all the breeds, because you have this great information about all the breeds and what they were bred to do. Um, Yeah, I get a little too excited about that. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go back a step, though, and talk about the why. Why do we need to do this? And it's so dogs have the freedom to express a normal behavior. And that comes from 1965. A group of people in England got together and looked at animals, livestock particularly, and said, are we meeting the needs of these animals in our farms? Can Can a cow act like a cow, or is the cow just in a barn? Can the chicken be a chicken, or is a chicken in a little coop? And so um, internationally, this blew up, and the professor that ran the committee was called Brambles, and so they call them Brambles Five Freedoms. And the freedom that matters today is, do you have the freedom to express your normal behavior? And so zoos... That's a question for us, too. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um, so, you know, it started with farms where they mm-hmm. said, Can, is this pig getting to act like a pig or is the pig just in a two-foot box? Yes. And then it moved over later to zoos and, uh, you know, is this elephant getting to act like an elephant or are they stuck in a place with no enrichment, no stimulation? It was much, much later, just very recently, where some said, wait a minute, what about birds? It went to birds before it even went to dogs. Yes. And now we're looking at dogs and we're saying... Do dogs get the mental and physical exercise they need? Do they get the sensory stimulation? Because essentially our dogs are captive animals. They really are when you think about it. And, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that too. But choice, you know, giving, giving our dogs choice to do some stuff because they're kind of limited on their choice if Absolutely. we think about it. We, d- we yeah. make decisions on whether they can leave the house whether they can run away from us and come back, like all of that. They have very little choice, so we want to make sure that there is that time where they have choice. So their brains can grow, and and the welfare of dogs is at stake if we don't do that kind of enrichment. So this is, you know, it's an important conversation to have. Yeah. Just looking at the whole animal, what they need. Um, So you mentioned breed groups, which I get a little too excited about. (laughs) Um, And there's, there's 10 general breed groups, and it's based on the origin of the function of the dog. In other words, was this a hunting dog, a gun dog? Was it a herding dog? Was it a toy dog? Was it a bully breed? 
dogs weren't created as pets except for the toy group mm -hmm. until very recently. The intention of the dog was you're in here working and earning your keep, right? Yes. We gave dogs all of these specific jobs. We selected for those job traits the function, you know, the characteristics, the activating stimulus response. When we created these breeds of dogs, we genetically selected, meaning we said, look, this dog is going to go chase a small furry animal and catch it and kill it, which very few dogs we let kill things. And this dog's going to go catch a furry. Let's breed them together. Now we have a terrier. So we did this to dogs. We gave them a job. Yes. And then we put and them in we, our homes. And now we said, hey, you don't have to do that job anymore. Yeah. Stop Stop chasing the hamster. Yeah. And or stop bark. I, I've got a German Shepherd. It barks at people when they come to the door. Why? Exactly. Or I'm on your lap and I'm telling everybody else to get away from you. Yes. Right? <laughs> so we, we have to acknowledge, I know the study came out recently that uh, mm -hmm. breed doesn't matter, but the big picture is genes matter. They do. Yes. They, we select, selectively created this job in the dog. Yeah. So... Uh, and one of the things to think about that I think, like, I grew up with labs around me as well, is to, a lab you always think is like this great family dog, but its function was to go out and retrieve that duck and bring it back to its person. Yeah. And, you know, where do you put that now in, in that pet dog's world? How does he deal with not having that anymore? Right, not having Even like he's never water. seen it, but yeah. genetically it's in there. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, and that's what we talk about, the activating stimulus. And sometimes it comes out. So we did that to, to Border Collies and Aussies, right? We said, we want you to go chase and herd around that thing. That was the intent, chase sheep. And now all of a sudden they're chasing the four-year-old around the house yes. and nipping at him and we get mad. So how can we fill that niche, fulfill that need to chase in a game and not you know, get angry at our dog, it's a build a relationship. So that's what Em and I are talking about today. Yes. Enrichment is meeting those dogs' needs, letting them do their natural behavior, and then loving them for it. Exactly. Just having that outlet to put that somewhere. Outlet. That's a great word. So I'm going to jump in and tell you a couple breeds. I'm not going to do all 10 breed groups because I would lose some <laughs> listeners. Uh, but some of my favorites to talk about are, are gun dogs, mm -hmm. which are retrievers, our setters, our pointers, and our spaniels. So these guys were created to be next to a human. They had to be, you know, people social with a lot of other dogs because there's seven guys out there hunting together. Exactly. Sit there, be relaxed, go get that thing when I tell you to get it, and come back. And um, that's why the gun dogs are what we kind of imagine as our pet dogs mm -hmm. in America, but that's only one group of 10 dogs. So understand that, that a lot of other dogs couldn't do that. But how can we recreate that? How can we fulfill that need? What if I live in Nebraska, get a kiddie pool, throw a ball into the kiddie pool, and let your lab get in there, dash around in the water, pick up that ball and bring it back to you. And that's fulfilling this genetic need. Mm -hmm. Sighthounds. Not too many people have sighthounds, but those that do have a hard time. You can't let a sighthound off leash if you don't have recall. And I'm seeing more and more whippets around here. And more especially whippets. if there's something small. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> their job was to see something, ask no questions, and then chase like heck until you got there. So um, for them, I would, if I didn't have a yard, what if I live in San Francisco? I would look up sniff spot, find a wide open yeah. space that's yeah. fenced in. And there's more and more sniff spots around um, or even take that dog on a long line. Go to the beach. Let it run. A part of this, too, is not all of these breeds necessarily have the drive that they were so true. made for as well. Yeah. So, right. so you, on the other hand, you may have a dog that you think might have that drive and doesn't have it at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, yeah, there's the greyhound that sleeps on the couch, and there's the lab that won't pick up a ball. Yes. And that's looking at the individual dog in front of you, which yes. you keep bringing up. It's so important. Um, and I'm going to two other breed groups. What if you had a scent hound? You know, um, any dog like a basset or... It, all of a sudden, I have all these clients with plot hounds out here. But a dog that was bred to use its nose and to track. And that's where I love doing nose works. They're getting to fulfill that natural need of finding that scent, tracking it getting to that set and looking at you. Or a terrier, which we mentioned, you know, a maybe a, creating a digging spot in the yard. I honestly had a client say, I've got a dachshund who keeps digging and it's really upsetting me. I thought, well, that's, that's what that dog was bred to do. That's that dog's function. So thinking about if I don't have a place in my yard where I want my dog to dig, I could get a sandbox or I could get a kiddie pool again put some loose dirt in there, hide some toys. I might even get like a fluffy little toy that looks like a mouse and put it in there so the dog can see it and say, find the toy. And the joy that these dogs get from fulfilling their designed job, and it, it makes me like my dog more because I'm setting them up to do what usually drives me nuts. I don't want you to dig in my garden, dig in the pool. I don't want you to run away from me. Let's find a spot where you can be off leash on a long line. Okay. So going back to Emma's point, you know, not all labs retrieve yes. not all border collies chase yes we have to look at the dog in front of us so, absolutely so absolutely. and you have so much experience with that looking at a dog you might not know the breeds it's such a mix yes. um because were you the enrichment coordinator for a kennel so i actually was the kennel enrichment coordinator for one shelter and then helped another shelter with their program and so we had a variety of dogs from really large to really small, from energy up way high to yeah. not even being able to move because they were so shut down. So we took a look at each individual dog and looked at what their needs were. And things that um, enrichment, when you think about it in, in a shelter environment, you're thinking about what can you add to that. So their scent, um, tactile, sound, visual, oral, mental, social, we can keep going, and, yeah. so, and, and physical, and sleep mm -hmm. is huge on the enrichment thing. And the basic needs for enrichment that we think of are you need to get out and pee and poop, uh -huh. honestly, right? So yeah. that, that's, that is an enrichment in itself, to being able to get out. And then we kind of just go through those things and we decided what does each dog individually, what do they need at this moment? to get them through this time where it's stressful. And they are in a captive environment where they don't have much choice about movement at all, except when they're out for a walk with the volunteer. So what I did was a lot of uh, kennel enrichment where the volunteer would go in there and work with the dog. And it could be just that the dog wanted you to sit there and then they would fall asleep. And that was yeah, And how did, how did you figure out what they needed? We looked at the dogs and if they were shy and shut down, we just sat there and let them have the choice of whether they wanted to approach us or not. If we knew they were like all over us and ready to do some stuff, yeah. um, especially like if they were a cattle dog, we probably bring in all the puzzles mm -hmm. um, and let them go to town and figure it all out and work independently. So it just really depended on what the dog wanted to do. And you may not, you may not know straight away what the dog wants to do. Yeah. So you bring them a variety of things and you say, would you like to play with the puzzle? Would you like to forage over there? Would you like to sit on my lap and just hang mm -hmm. out? 
what is it that that will will meet your needs for that moment I and letting that. them make choices about it so that's and that's kind what of, we should be doing with our pet dogs with our pet awesome. dogs so yeah. it, it translates to that and i think enrichment kind of started like you said in zoos and farms and then it kind of went to um, shelters and then it moved out into in your homes yeah and then it became a big industry for all the brands of toy puzzles that Absolutely, are out there yeah. right now. So what about games? Did, was there any kind of game playing in the shelter? So, so the games that, that we did play, if the dog was up for playing some games, is we used to bring puzzles in. So some of them were homemade. And I, I will put the disclaimer out there now. You know your dog. Yeah. You know what they can get into. And, and it is something that you want to decide yourself whether it will work for your dog. So If your dog chews something, swallows it, and gets sick, it's not our fault. Yeah, I don't know whether we can say that. I, oh, I'm just saying. I just said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I said it. Um, but yeah, so so it could be it could be a cardboard box with a bunch of balls in there. It could be a bun tray with with uh, tennis balls in uh-huh. there with treats muffin underneath. Tin. A muffin tin. Sorry, that's a, a bun tin. <laughs> I'm Irish, translating I guess, Irish yeah. and cultural. Um, it could be it could be like a paper towel roll with some treats in mm-hmm. there. It could be just a towel with treats in there, and oh, it's all that. over the place. So you don't have to spend a ton of money to come so up with So you don't have to games. spend a ton of money, and you can go online and look up enrichment, and you'll mm-hmm. find all those things. And I can't even say it enough because you know I'm OCD about about safety. Yeah, is please <laughs> just know your own dog and their limits because we could say cardboard, and as long as they're not eating a crazy amount of cardboard, you know, yeah. you just want to be careful. We used. Ec- egg cartons mm-hmm. and we put some treats in there and then there was days where we do some stuff where they just did it on their own where they got a kong and, like and they could just go off in their on in the corner and just eat their kong there and we could be present or we may not be present yeah. so so something to think about switching that to the what it would look like at home yeah and you know the kong it's interesting because it is a game it's working for their food it really is it's a dopamine hit it brings up your oxytocin levels when you're eating. It's the same for humans and yes. animals. There's yes. brain science about when you eat, your brain is happy as you're eating and after the food's digested. Like you're, you're, and it you're, creates some comfort, as we it all does. know, if we eat chocolate. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but it's funny because my partner Rod was saying, is the frozen Kong turning into the new hand your five-year-old an iPad just to keep them quiet? You know, I, I think some of us fall into that category of like, oh, I haven't done anything with my dog today, I'm going to have a frozen Kong. But that could be part of it. I think that's an important part is some independent eating, working for their meal a little bit, and then maybe one of these other more active games where we're, it's a cooperative game. We're doing something with our dog. With our dog. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a nice mixture of stuff that you can do with your dog and then let them do some stuff independently. And I know Kong definitely is, is we're going to get a call from Kong, you know, without, from talking about them so much. Well, we love <laughs> but, Kongs. But we absolutely love Kongs. Yeah, and if you want to send any free Kongs this way, <laughs> yes. I will take them. Yeah, thumbs up. Um, and we, we recommend Kongs mm-hmm. all the time um, yeah. for different things. Uh, like just for, for puppies... Just um, having that working something out and having something novel and yeah. just the smell and, and just playing with it and moving it around the room without even getting the stuff out of it. Yeah. It has lots of great functions like that. I'm going to jump in and tell my Kong story. Yes. So uh, we are talking about the retrievers and genetically selected to pick up ducks with a soft mouth and carry them. So many of these labs and retrievers want to carry something around. So I had a black lab who, when people came in the door, she would super gently just put her mouth on their arm, and it really scared people. So instead, I have a basket of Kongs by the front door, 
And um, when the doorbell rang, she'd come running over and I'd hand her the Kong. So she'd just have that Kong in her mouth like a pacifier. And, oh, oh and that's the, great. That's the, a good idea. Yeah. We're sitting right in front of our staircase here where my previous dog used to take the Kong, go right to the top of the stairs yeah. and let it fall out of his mouth. So it would just <laughs> bounce on every step. And then everything would come out of it. Brilliant. A but then my other dog would sit still yeah. and just paw at it and try and get the stuff out. Never moved uh, yeah. a bit. So yeah. that's that's showing the difference in, in dogs right, and, the the way, individual and the way they in see it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what are some games that you play with Kiva? So Kiva, again, being my dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we may have to cut so, that. Yeah, so... <laughs> Let's look at games in two different ways, yeah, right? Where good this cooperative. Is, this is more cooperative, where we're, we're going together. She loves spin. Mm -hmm. Like, she just spins naturally, so it's something we put on cue, so she does it all the time. So, so, so that's something, it's a game. It's her happy dance. It's her happy dance. Yeah. I mean, like, she'll do it, if you call her, instead of coming straight to you, she'll do a spin and then Aww. towards you. So that's one of the ones we do together. We do Funder, which is an absolute dog name for, uh -huh. for a game yeah. where she goes between uh, my ankles and heads off one way and then I turn around and then she heads off the other way, which is an awesome game if she's got a little bit of energy at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah, but it brings her to you. She's oh, not totally running zoobies around. Us, bring yeah. her, brings her, orientates us to her. So it's not only a game, it's actually a good exercise oh, in that. building that relationship yeah. as well. And what about you, some of your dogs? What, what do you do with them? Uh, so Mick is my Border Collie German Shepherd, uh, and he is obsessed with the Frisbee. Playing Frisbee with him for five minutes will keep him content for you know two to three hours because it's that need to eye, stalk, chase, run, bite, bites the Frisbee, he shakes the Frisbee and he brings it back. <laughs> so that, that brings him so much joy. I mean, he's literally smiling. And we've got this giant donut Frisbee, a soft one, and he will put his nose in it and come back like wearing the Frisbee around his nose. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh, that's great. Um, my dog Charlie, the Poodle Pomeranian Chihuahua mix. We actually, Rod and I will go to this place in San Anselmo where for some reason there's like a six block radius of more squirrels in San Anselmo than anywhere else in California. And he <laughs> loves squirrels. So um, we'll hype him up, like he hears him, and he looks at the squirrel, and if he looks at the squirrel and comes back and sits for a second, we run together. And we don't catch That's the squirrels. I don't, I don't feel the same way as squirrels as I do about plovers. <laughs> but, but it's that chase, you know, letting him be a dog for a moment. Exactly. And saying, you know, exactly. we're going to, you listen to me, your reward is yeah. chase. It's interesting just to jump in there for a second. You have connection with him and the squirrels. Yes. And with Kiva, it's one of her independent things. Uh, okay. It's going out to the yard and chasing the squirrels, and we have nothing to do with it. Yeah. So, oh, well, he does so that too function, if he can. They it's function only... <laughs> in both ways there, poor <laughs> squirrels. <laughs> if he's on leash. I mean, he'll just sit in the door and just, like, stare at me like, can I go? Can I get the crow? <laughs> uh, anyway, and then uh, Neve, my rat terrier chihuahua mix, she's all about the toys. And you know, some dogs like toys and some don't. Mm -hmm. But we have a lot of little fluffy toys, miniature because she's teeny. And um, I'll throw the toy or Rod will like shake the toy, come get it, come get it, make it look like it's live. And she gets it. And then we take the toy away. We do it again. She can oh, do it that's great. Times. And then there's my Dakota who playing with her, it, it, it's hard to find what ignites her fire. And the truth is she's a Pomeranian chihuahua. All she wants to do is sit in my lap. And I used to feel so guilty about that and think, oh, she doesn't get enrichment. Like, But that's well, enriching. It's that's enriching. So it's enriching. what she just craves, yes. that social companionship. So there's like the research that shows that human contact can bring down the stress level. Yep. 
so much like even with shelter dogs so yeah. it goes both ways right it goes both ways i yeah. mean like that's why we have our dogs in a way right Absolutely. you know yeah. it just brings us so, so much comfort and joy as well and, and i have to put a disclaimer here i don't do enrichment with my dogs all day long like i have clients who think that's what i do yeah. my goal is to i have four dogs so maybe that's fair but to do one enriching game with them a day that's it and and we've talked about this during the week because as we're we were planning for this podcast, I started to think, what am I doing for Kiva? Uh -huh. And and it has made me reflect, even as a trainer, to say, am I doing everything that I could be to enrich her life? And and we can't do you all can't. the things. We're busy. Yeah. But I feel like I give her a good outing every day and she sees some stuff and she does get one puzzle. And and of course she needs sleep. Yeah. Because that's so important Absolutely. for for a healthy dog as well as a human. But there's parts of it where I wonder if she's just a little bored. If yeah. I could add a little something extra in there. So I thought maybe, hey, maybe I'll bring her to a training class. That that, that oh, would be a fun, something a fun. Idea. yeah, Like scenting or agility mm -hmm. or something like that. Where we're having fun together. And I it is a that. game. Yeah, and it's you scheduled. Know, so it's, you know, an it's hour a week. It's a schedule thing. So, so you're going to go do that special treat? Yeah, so even as trainers, we, we understand that, you know, you would think we would be doing all the things. But it's that's not the shoes, case, yeah. right? Yeah, so it is. The cob I yeah. always say it. They're my cobblers, they're the cobbler's children, right? Yeah. So we still want to, we're always thinking about it. Yeah. And, and that's I, the thing. And I'll tell you, I was leaving to come here to do the recording, and I've been at work all day. My dogs were giving me the biggest sad eyes, and I took a handful of kibble and a couple treats and scattered some in each room, and they were like, oh. You can go. We, you just gave us a scatter feed. Right. And I want everybody to listen to that because that's one of the best games, yep. right? As long as your dogs don't have any conflict with right. uh, with food out together. Yeah. Uh, just doing that, that throwing the treats. Mm -hmm. And I mean like throwing. Throwing them under Sometimes the couch. Sometimes I, I tell people throw <laughs> treats and they just drop yeah. like three down on the floor. I mean grabbing oh, them yeah. and throwing them all over the yeah, place. Absolutely. Goes under the fridge. Think about that enrichment for two hours to try to get the one from under the fridge. As long as it's not, you know, because during COVID I worked with a lot of people out on their decks and every time oh, yeah. I do that they'd all go down like yeah. and get stuck between well then the that's enriching for the rats later yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go but it's a but it's a wonderful like mental yep. physical it's got all those it's elements all and it can be their dinner it's taste yep. it's everything smell looking for them it's got everything in there yeah. and it's just a great way if, if you just need to leave off, leave off some energy yeah. with the dogs it's super what, what other are your favorite games? Like what other so, tricks do you have up your sleeve? So one of the things that we did at the shelter that I think everybody should do to try and figure out what kind of games your dogs like, right? And this is more independent than it is where we're together with mm -hmm. them. You're still Which there. Which is important too. Is just in any room in the house, have somebody hold the dog first in another room or whatever. Put out your puzzles, your Kongs, that scatter feed we were saying, just throwing some kibble on the floor, mm -hmm. put out their cuddly toys, put out, like we have something on the table here that is, it's like a toy that you have to, they have to put their nose in. Like to, a burrow toy or something. A burrow toy and they pull out like mm -hmm. a, sometimes they're squirrels and sometimes they're little fish or whatever. Plovers. And they pull those, um, <laughs> no, not plovers. <laughs> and, and they just, and then um, you sit in the room, one of you sits in the room as well. And then you just let the dog in there and you just stand back yeah. and you see what the dog wants. Yeah. Are they going to play Without with the directing toy? them, right? Yeah. No direction. Yeah. They they have choice. This yeah. is huge. This is choice, right? Agency. They, absolutely. Yeah. So they can pick. 
they can pick a puzzle, they can pick the Kong, they can pick the toy to run around with, yeah. uh, they can come over to you and sit and get cuddles or petted, yeah. lots of choices. And then you'll kind of get a feel of what does your dog like, right? So I, I think that's that. a great game. A great game. Own. I did that recently for a class um, with Janet Finley and she had us video it. And that was so great because in my mind, Charlie was just gonna go for one thing. And I was sure, and I even think I saw it that way. Mm -hmm. And then I went back and I watched the video. And I was like, oh, he actually wasn't interested in the food as much as he was some of the toys and the other, you know, textured objects. Yeah, and it, and it was really interesting in the shelter when we'd bring in the dogs and just the difference. Every yeah. dog was different. Yeah. You'd be like, wow, that dog picked up the toy and is running back and forth, back and forth, uh -huh. back and forth. and not interested in the food whatsoever yeah. and then the other dog would be just interested in the puzzle so really a great way to i love that to check out what you're about likes. seeing the dog in front of you yeah right. and what what other games uh do you like uh, well one of my favorite games is hide and seek yes because it i think it builds the relationship it creates a little bit of drive to get with the owner it's a great way to practice a recall in the house if there's kids it's really fun to have the adult hold the dog and the kids go hide because a lot of times when we're calling our dogs anyway, they're not looking at us. Like the dog isn't sitting and looking at us at the beach. They're off doing something else. Mm -hmm. So it really ignites that part of the brain where they hear their name and they hear that recall and then get showered with love, attention, and you know. Some and when they get there. Mm -hmm. So when you um, show people how to do that, do you just say, call the dog's name and come? Or do they have to do more than that because they're hiding? Well, they're hiding, so they have to be like whistling, clapping. I always say throw a dog party, you know, some, so they can figure out. So where they it can is. figure out where they are. Yeah, that uh, awesome. and it's it's such a great hot day, rainy day activity for dogs. Or you've got five minutes at your lunch break, and if your dog could do a sit stay in your home alone, you put them in the sit stay, and then you take off to another room. And the joy when they get to you. They feel like you've been gone for 22 years. They're like, oh my God, I, I found you. you. I'm a rescue dog. You. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, I'm always telling stories. So yeah. that just reminds me of when I was a kid and that Maltese terrier that I told you yeah. about that was, you know, we lived with, but it was a terror. Um, you could hide for him. Somebody would hold him. And we would go around things. Like we'd go around a chair, up and down the steps, down. And that dog followed the scent. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. He didn't just come looking for us. He actually followed the scent. He'd go behind wow. the curtain and follow the scent. So, so interesting. It's, it's interesting yeah. to look at that too. And I wouldn't have expected that from, from him, but, yeah. but that, that was something he did too. So that, that can be a great, and like you said, rainy day or sunny. Yeah. That's awesome. Another one I like is, and this is also with kids, but can be fun for the adults too, is just they grab some treats and the adult holds the dog and they go hide the treats in the room. Yes. The dog can be watching, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't have to be too hard to start off with, like yeah. they don't need to go under the fridge <laughs> to start off with. I was joking about that. But, but you know, <laughs> just in different places that the dog might spot them. And then they come back to the adults and then they let their dog go check it out. And they stand back and they don't give the dog any idea where anything is. Right. And they and just see if people. they, yeah, because yeah. they want to say it's right here, yeah. it's right here. And they just let the dog go out and get it. Now, if the dog needs some help, yes, yeah. you can go out and give him a little help by kind of walking close to it and do it. So that's I another one that. I love. I love it. And I have some clients who say to me, oh, what if they don't find all the treats? And I say, well, count out 11. 
So if you if the dog finds nine, there's two more that you got to get. You got to find. Yeah, some people. What about odor as well? That always amazes me, and I know we're kind of it's not in the game thing, yeah. but it, but it really interests me that you can see your dog sniffing somewhere. So cool. And people go, hey he's not near the treat at all and you're like hmm yeah but he can smell it right and it's traveling especially if you're outside yeah and there's any kind of wind and and stuff so if you see that nose or you see a quick turn that's so much fun to watch and i love not just hiding treats because a lot of dogs can find the treat yeah i love hiding a toy Mm -hmm. you know the first few times i do it i let the dog see where i'm hiding it and then it's that's just the game and then i either put the dog in the stay or somebody else holds the dog and i really hide the toy like under the couch and they're using their nose in that case they can't just rely on the vision which Mm -hmm. they often do and again, the joy, like, it's almost like they've just hunted down that stuffed little chipmunk for real. And they bring it back and they're like, look what I do. And then, and then we have some stuff that we actually do, you know, that's more formal, like agility. Have you mm-hmm. taken agility with your dog? I have. With, yeah. with Charlie, which I, I wish I had video to show you. He was um, maybe the least agile dog that Marini <laughs> Maine had ever seen. He, he was scared, but it was good because in the end we did two classes and it built his confidence a lot. Yes. Uh, and then the crazy thing is, is I went home and Rod and I actually built all our own agility equipment for almost nothing out of PVC pipe. And he loves it. it. He loves it. Like I turned my back and he's on the dog walk and he's doing jumps like by himself. It was just hard for him to be in that social environment. And you can make all sorts of things at home. Just look that up and you can do it. But the, the thing I want to note there that you said is it helped him and build confidence. Mm-hmm. So we're playing games and they're fun for us, but they, they sometimes will, will help something else going on. And that's why you know we think about games when we're training, that yeah. it can help build confidence yeah. or grit or yeah. or And just see another things. side of the dog. Like you were talking yeah. about seeing what the dog chooses to do and where mm-hmm. they excel. We don't always know. No, it's know, not what's always gonna light obvious their fires. Any other games that you like to play with your dog? My dog, Mick, is crazy about tricks. And it really helped me fall more in love with him because he's got some dog-dog issues. He had some dog-human issues for a while. And once we started doing the trick training, you know, simple things like cover your eyes and spin, and I even went for um, a trick title, Uh I saw this silly side of him Mm -hmm. that I had never seen before because I usually saw the German Shepherd side. And do you think part of that, and I always wonder about this, if part of it is because we're having fun, Absolutely. because it brings back this, if you had a good childhood, yeah. <laughs> it, brings back, it brings back these childhood things like the playground yeah. and stuff like that. And it's easy to teach a dog if you're having fun too. So true. You know, yeah, so the I memory think works. does that. Yeah. yeah. And if, you, yeah if you're in a positive state of mind, that the stuff's going to stick. Yeah. Where I was doing so much sit down, stay kind of controlling stuff with him years ago. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting so much more control out of him, to use that word, by the tricks. So now, with his reactivity, if we see another dog, I can do a touch, a spin. Those are things that make him feel good, yeah. instead of things that were stressing him out. And that's, that brings me on to another, another thing I like for choice. And, and maybe it's not choice, and I have to really think about this too, is I ask Kiva, what would she like to do? Mm-hmm. And she can give me whatever she decides. It can yeah. be a sit, a I've down, do a spin. And I just I just leave that up to her. What what would you like to show me? And yes, I'm asking for, so it's kind of that fine line of whether she has choice or she doesn't have choice. But it's something she decides to engage first. Like I don't proud. say, what would you like to do? She yeah. comes up to me and she goes, 
I'm going to sit. I've seen her do that. Yeah. yeah so, and, and she looks so proud. She's almost got a smug look like, on hey, her face. I know like, how to do this. Yeah. yeah. So, so those things, uh, you know, we have to think about a little bit. Is it giving them full choice? Yeah. Are they having to work with it, but are they still enjoying it as a choice? You Absolutely. Know? So it's, yeah. something, it's something, because they're so, and we'll go back to the choice again, because this this is something I think about all the time, just that they are in our houses all the time and so limited mm-hmm. for for their movements and everything we're kind of saying, not that, right. this, not yeah. this, you can do that. Leave it. Leave it, <laughs> you know, come inside, go outside. Yeah. Go to bed. Go to the bathroom you know. when we say you can. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they don't have much choice to say, I'm heading off to the park. I'll be back in, in 20 <laughs> minutes, right? That yeah. doesn't happen now. And maybe more so when we were growing up, as we've talked about, where dogs had a little bit more Autonomy, freedom and, yeah. and choice with that as well. Yeah. So, And that, that comes full circle, I think, to mm-hmm. this. The whole point of enrichment was letting dogs have the freedom to express normal dog behaviors. Yeah. And sometimes we've moved so far away from that and we get upset with normal dog behaviors, but if we can engage them in the game, a digging pit or, you know, um, a chase game with them. Exactly. Like that's a way to let them be dogs Mm -hmm. and have fun with them. Exactly. And fulfill their needs. And and we get enriched too. I mean, I'm going to do a shout out to Kim Brophy's book, Meet Your Dog. Because that's where I got a lot of my ideas about breed groups mm-hmm. and fulfilling their individual needs within that group. Um, that was a, an eye-opening book for me and in terms of seeing their dog, the life from their perspective. And I think that's wonderful. It is eye-opening because you you do forget. Mm-hmm. You do forget what was this dog, what was this breed, what was the the function the function of yeah. this dog. Yeah. You know, so that's really important to keep remembering. Absolutely, because we yeah. created that. For hundreds mm-hmm. of years, mm-hmm. Border Collies were herding sheep. Yes. And now they're hanging out in the living room. And small dogs were meant to keep our laps warm. Exactly. And, you know, we were home all day because we were kings and queens. <laughs> <laughs> now we're out working the out streets working. as dog trainers. So I guess... We I didn't mean to work the streets. <laughs> <laughs> you still want to? What was that you just said? I didn't mean to say work in the streets. <laughs> we're walking the streets as dog <laughs> trainers. <laughs> So with that, we hope we've given you some good ideas for games to play with your dogs and to be thinking about your individual dog and what they would enjoy doing. And what you enjoy doing, right? Because Mm -hmm. if we're having fun, if I'm playing with a flirt pole, if I'm, you know, setting up a digging pit and digging and hiding the toys, my dog's going to have fun. And this is just a great way to build your relationship and add more enrichment to both your lives. Okay, hey, we know you all have stories about your dogs, and Emma and I would like to hear some of them. We were just talking about, like, what does our listening audience do for enrichment? What kind of games do they play? What do you love? And I would like you to share some of those with us, because if it's something we could pass along to others, excellent. If it's something that has, you know, a a creative solution in your home and solved a problem, share it with us. Contact us at dogchatspodcast.com at gmail.com and I know there's going to be a whole lot of you sending us emails (laughs) thousands uh, and we won't be able to get back to everybody right away but listen for your answer it might pop up in a future podcast take care thanks for tuning in today and hope you'll join us for our next episode you can reach Emma at ecdogtraining.com or on Instagram at ecdog underscore training and Kirsten at 
kwhappydogs.com or on Facebook at kwhappydogs. Don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.